that was me a bit last night. I was a bit too full after having beautiful chicken, uh, chicken crumb little thingies and a beer and some chips and a garlic bread down at our local, down at Supply Room. Got home and I was a bit full and then I got a bit more full because I wanted apple pie. Because <laughs> it's treat day. I go hard, you know, go hard. I'm, I'm wholehearted on treat day, you know. I'm wholehearted about everything. So I'm like, I felt full. I know what full feels like. But I wake up in the morning and I feel empty. And I need to eat again. But it's not like that with Jesus. You see, the more you eat, the actual you get fuller. And you get fuller and fuller and fuller, but you can eat more. It's this really crazy, weird dynamic. You know, if I eat more physically, I'm going to throw up. But with him, you eat, get full, get full, and you want more and more and more and more. And it's the whole process of truly come to know him is eat him and drink of him. And you will have life within you. But when he said these words, people misunderstood what he was saying. They couldn't hear what he was saying. So they missed it. They resisted. They resisted him. And the Bible says that many disciples, not non-Christians, many disciples left him. Why? Because they resisted the truth. Let's not be those people. Let's not resist thinking it's not him when it is him. Take the time to ask the question. Take the time to seek, and he will reveal. All right, you ready for this? Because none of that's my word. <laughs> Woo! Incorruptible love. Do you know it? Have you received it? Are you living with it? Are you living him back with it? Incorruptible love. Ephesians 6, 24. We're studying at the moment, or not studying, we're eating, sorry, and drinking the book of Ephesians on a Sunday night. So I want to encourage you to come out and listen to Sandra tonight, because we're eating this stuff. We're getting strong on the inside. Ephesians 6 verses, actually go to 23 first, says this, Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, faith and love come from God, don't they? So peace, my family members, to the brethren, the brothers, and love with faith. We're looking at faith, hope, and love, if you're with us here for the first time, and how these three things are the core stabilers of our relationship with Christ. So Paul writes this. He says, peace be to the brothers, sisters, and love with faith. Love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything comes from God, through God, for you and I. Hence, we need to receive it. Verse 24, grace be with all those. Grace be with all those. You're in all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. Are you in all those who love Jesus with an incorruptible love. You see, so often it's all about God loving us. God loves us with an incorruptible love, but Paul's saying, that's awesome, that's part of it, but it's us now loving Jesus with the same love. You see, an incorruptible love is a pure love. It's not human love. So often we think our love is unconditional. Can I tell you, a human love is not unconditional. We think we can love a child unconditionally. And we have our version of it, 
and we think that's it, but that's not it. Everything that's unconditional only comes from Him. So the only way you can love someone unconditionally is if you've received the incorruptible love because human love is corruptible. It still has you attached to it. It still has your flesh. The reason why we had to be saved was because we were corruptible with something in us called iniquity and sin. So we can't love another with incorruptible love until we've received incorruptible love through the power and have that love form within us. Now we're able to love the Father and our neighbors as He would. What an invitation, but that's pretty tall order, isn't it? But you know what? It's not really if you surrender your life. <laughs> it's real simple. The gospel's simple. Surrender. Surrender. <laughs> surrender. Up in the balcony if you're there. Surrender. It's really simple. Just surrender, and you'll have the fullness of life. <laughs> we complicated, eh? Why? Because we're trying to hold on. It's simple, but it's profoundly deep. And there is a love that we are to receive through the power of the gospel and then love back. Relationship is two-way, isn't it? Man, what is this incorruptible love? Well, the Bible tells you it's God. He is love. He is incorruptible. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8 explicitly sort of gives us attributes of this love, but they ultimately all fall back into love, don't they? So it says love is patient. So love with a patient, a patience about you. Love is gentle. Love is kind. Love holds no wrongs. Ooh, that's a biggie, isn't it? What about this one? Love's not jealous. Boom! <laughs> Starts to rock our human love a little bit now, doesn't it? That was a Mike Tyson right hand. Love endures and believes and hopes all things. Whoa, I'm starting to shake a little bit now. Now we're really getting me. <laughs> you see, and you and I have been created to receive this love. It truly is the most incredible offering on the planet that you and I have been created to know it, to receive it, and then to be able to minister it into one another. Well, the Father first, and then one another second, and then the world. That's the proper way of the Father. It's love there, the Father, and the Son, and Christ. Love one another, and then we go and love the world. That's the order. And when we're in it, it works. You see, this incorruptible love is so powerful, it picks you up, it rearranges you, it puts you back, and then it sends you. And we're going to look at a woman today who knew this incorruptible love. And God goes to great lengths in multiple scriptures, even in books, to tell us what the greatest command is. You go read the book of 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and you cannot get away from loving one another as I have loved you. And if love is being perfected within you, so if incorruptible love is being perfected in you, then you will what? Walk in the manner in which Christ walked, which is love. 
You see, other people get hung up on the law, got to try and do this, got to try and do that, got to try and do this, got to try and do that. And Jesus took all of that and said, you know what, let me simplify it for you, because I know that's complicated. (laughs) You still haven't nailed it over all this time, so let me simplify it. It's the law of love. Galatians. All you've got to worry about is the law of love, and everything else will take care of itself if you know incorruptible love. Why? Because it's God. Let's go to John. John 16. Don't you love that it's so simple? But what did Paul say? He said, I'm afraid that you've been led astray in your minds from the simplicity and the purity of a devotion to Christ. See, this is our challenge is that we can so easily get led astray into the lesser purposes of God rather than the main purpose of God. We can get led astray into looking at for our gifts. We can get led astray into looking at reaching the lost. We can get led astray at all the lesser purposes. They're still important, but they are lesser compared to the main purpose, which is love. And I'm not talking about sitting around playing music and harps going, I'm so in love, and there's no demonstration. I'm talking about a person that has received this love, continues to receive love, and then actually demonstrates love because they are becoming love. That make sense? We are to become the Word, not God's, but the Word becoming, living in us. We become as the Word, as Christ, like Christ, conformed into the image of of Christ. Why? So I can demonstrate Christ. Christ in me is the hope of glory. In His strength can I do all things. Not I can do all things in the strength of God. It's in the strength of God I do all things. See where the emphasis is? Chris spoke to that last Sunday night. What we do is we put the emphasis around the wrong way. I can do all things. Go on then. Love people like Jesus. Go on. You said it. Come on. Back it up, son. Oh, you're getting a bit short there. You didn't even left the house and it was the kids. That's why we need parenting, eh? That's why God gives us kids. You'll know how much love you're in by having a child. Greg Scully's laughing. Same with me too, bro. It'll test your patience. Love is patient. Come on, no, 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 no. We are no way. You're stupid idiot. What are you doing for? No, no, no. That's mean to you. I don't care whether you're meant to or not. You're still doing it. That's just me. <laughs> Especially when the football's on. <laughs> John 16, 16. These powerful words. Sorry, John 16, 26. Sorry. Sorry, Terry. What's John 16, 16, Lord? I'm even getting this wrong. It's actually John 17, <laughs> 26. John 17. Let me have a look and see if I'm supposed to read out John 16, 16. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was me. John 17, 26. And I have made your name known to them. So this is Jesus talking about his Father. I have made you, Father, your name known to the disciples. And will make it known. Don't you love that? So he's made it known and he's going to make it known. See the process? Continuous process. And will make it known so that 
the love with which you loved me, incorruptible love, with the incorruptible love that you love me, Father, that may be where? In the disciples. Woo! And I in them. So what an invitation. That we are to have incorruptible love, living, breathing, being perfected in us. Why? So we can love him, love one another with the love that we love him, which is the love that the Father loves Jesus, and love a world. And be the demonstration of Christ upon the earth, the mandate for the church. Now let's go to Luke and look at a woman that lived it. Luke 7. We're going to start in verse 36. If you're with us live streaming, welcome. Hope you're getting something out of today. John 7, 36. Sorry, man, I've got John on the brain. Luke 7, thanks, Greg. See why you need one another? I'm so amping to get here, eh? <laughs> Luke 7, 36. I'm going to read it all out, then we're going to come back. And there are massive keys that you need to be listening for, okay? Think about what she's modeling. Think about her body position. Think about what she's doing. Think about the heart behind what she's doing. Think about the other religious man and what he's doing, his body position, because there is these two people. One has a religious spirit, and the other one has a relational spirit, and they're very different, and they're in the same house, Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair of her head, and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who was touching him that she is a sinner. Verse 40. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, 
for she loved much. But he who was forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? Here's a key part. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Faith, hope, and love. What was faith? The ability to see. Do you think this woman has sight of who she was and her past life and who he is? Here's my main point for today. So there's a number of things that will come out of my mouth, but this is the main point. To know your fallen state and to know the incorruptible love that saves that state empowers the all worship. Let me read that again. To know your fallen state and to know the incorruptible love that saves that state empowers the all worship. Now, when I say saves, I mean salvation, the process, not just a justified state washed in His blood. I mean justification, sanctification, and then we receive the glorification of new bodies. Salvation is a process. It's not an event. So we get what we would call saved, which is really justified, just as if we'd never sinned. We receive that. Then we have to go on the journey of being saved, being transformed into the image through what? The living Word of God, which is Spirit, because the Word is Spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit. So we eat that, drink that, and that's what renews our mind and our heart attitudes. Clear? This woman is an incorruptible love, isn't she? You see, when you, when you measure or want to put a measuring up, and this isn't to condemn us, but it's to show us what a standard is and what incorruptible love does. Okay, so so often when we judge ourselves by ourselves, we'll always judge a lower standard. We'll always think we're okay because what we do is we compare ourselves to the next person. So I go, well, compared to Chris, I'm doing fine. I've got a bit more hair. Um, you know, I'm bigger than Chris. I'm, I'm not as bald there. Yeah, I'm going that way. What are you laughing about? You're on the way too. <laughs> I think baldness is the anointing in this house. If you're not bald, something, you're missing something, eh? Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's like, yeah, come on, preach it. <laughs> it's a growing thing here. I don't know if it's a good thing, but anyway. But see, what incorruptible love does, it brings a standard. And when you look through the lens of the Bible, Christ, you see the real standard. And at times that standard can actually have you shrinking back because you go, oh my goodness, that's such a standard. And he goes, yeah, you need to know that you can't bring yourself into that. Only life will come when you realize and surrender you can't. And if we keep trying, you're going to get the same outcome you've always got, and you'll never receive this incorruptible love because this woman is in something because of her faith. Can you see how faith and trust are completely different things? But they can be very similar and sound similar, and we can think they're similar, but faith sees, so faith causes a lifestyle. She comes in like this. It's not happening in the moment. She comes in with faith. It's like the Matthew 15 woman. She has the sight. 
there's all these obstacles again against her, and she just goes for Christ. Why? Because she knows, she has a reference for who she was, a sinner. Do you? And when I say that, I mean, do you really have it? Because this, what I'm saying is this is a revelation that causes life. This is what you'd want to be looking at or coming into because this is the standard of what all love, all worship looks like. You see, he says here to in verse 47, and this is the key, for this reason I say to you, her sins which are many have been forgiven. When you know you're a scumbag, when you know that your sins were many, not because of your lifestyle, but because your nature, got nothing to do with your lifestyle. We are sinners, born sinners, and still are, but sons now as well. And I live from being a son, not a sinner. Okay? And she knows she's a sinner. She knows why, because she's a woman of the night. She's probably sold herself. She's got a good reference for who she is. But she also has faith. She can see who he is. And she knows where life is. She knows where healing is. She knows there's nothing in her life. So she's turning. She's leaving that. She hears. She's not even invited. (laughs) And we've been invited. She wasn't. She said, I'm gate crashing. (laughs) I'm inviting myself. (laughs) It was Simon that invites her in, isn't it? It was the Pharisee that invites her in, sorry, him in, and he's the one that's judging. He's the one pointing the finger. If he knew who this woman was who's touching him, not only is she judging, he judging the woman, he's judging Christ. Not a good thing. Lucky there's this thing called mercy and grace, and that he's resisting Christ, not receiving Christ. Aren't you grateful that love covers when we resist, thinking it's God? I was like, what are you doing resisting me, man? Let me in. Knock, knock. Who's that? It's me. Hello? I knock on the door of your heart. Let me in. I want to dine with you. Dine with you. What do we say? Eat and drink. I want to eat with you. What? Me. I want you to eat me. But if you resist me, how can you eat of me? And this is a beautiful picture of incorruptible love. Let's just go at the start. Now, one of the Pharisees, verse 36, was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Now, that's in the physical. Who is the house? Do you think you can invite God into your house, Anne, and actually be completely unaware of Him and His ways? Do you think you can? Is it possible? Yeah, as much as you can fully know Him. So He invites Him in. The religious man invites Christ into His house. Now, and here it's physical. I want to turn it and say it's spiritual. You can invite Christ into your house and then ignore Him. You can invite Him into your house and live for you. And completely have no idea of him or his ways, but your spirit is saved. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit gets saved just as if you'd never sinned. But your soul needs to be saved, your mind, your will, and your emotion. So your mind continues to be your mind before you got saved. Your will continues to be your will before you got justified. And your emotions, well, you're all defined by what happens to you. 
So you can invite Christ into the house and stay the same. You see, this man is inviting him, and he's the religious man. He's the religious spirit in the picture. But there's another spirit called a relational spirit. And she's connected relationally. She's not connected through rituals or laws or rules or what she thinks. She has this thing called faith. She can see. Isn't that the promise of Abraham? The father of, and who are the children of Abraham? So we are to have, and faith sees. Why? So you can activate the life that Jesus came to bring you and live from incorruptible love. So let's continue with the story. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that she was, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she broke the door down. I added that bit. She brought an alabaster vial of perfume. Now, you could not just take the lid off this thing and pour it out. You had to smash it. Okay? So as we know, this is very costly. It's perfume. She has to smash it and then do what she does with it. That's incredible. I probably would have turned up like this and like, oh, have a little bit. Have a little bit. She's like, no, you're getting it all. Why? Because I know who you are. Because I have faith to see. And I've received incorruptible love. And when incorruptible love hits my heart, you get it all. The good and the bad. He says, that's all right, son. I'm making all this new. What a cool offer. He gets the rubbish. We get the greatness. So she burst through the door with an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, she knows the right position, doesn't she? Weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. When was the last time you kissed someone's feet? When was the last time you kissed his feet? And with your hair wiped, when was the last time you actually got low in your life in the position of repentance, of godly love, and was in awe of the one, but then got up because you know that this is the position of the one as well, and lavished on him? Now, we had a glimpse of it just then about half an hour ago. That's a glimpse. And that is a glimpse that is to grow and become a norm where every one of us who's part of this family comes and our first response is that. Because we don't come to have a meeting. We come to meet Christ. We gather to meet one another. Too many people think because we have institutionalized mindsets that the church is a building they come to. You hear it in their language, I'm going to church. That has an institutional way with it, so then we act like that when we're here. And that's why we make decisions like, well, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. No, you don't go to yourself. The church is the body of Christ. I am the church. I go to worship. See the difference? 
I go to worship God with my brothers and sisters, and I don't want to miss anything, but I can't catch this really through an internet or through an audio. I have to be in the presence of the Lord. I have to be with my brothers and sisters because God might decide on any given day, there ain't no message today. You're just going to praise me, and I'm going to come and heal everyone in the room. I'm going to touch everyone. I'm, not, I'm just going to have a prayer meeting, but you're not there because you think you don't need to go to a building because your mindset is so screw-whiffy, it's so institutionalized. In fact, it's the religious spirit. And it's such a completely different paradigm between I long to be in the presence of God, one-on-one, one-in-twelve during the week, one with the lost, one in a building like this right now. It's a desire of my heart. Why? Because I'm so in love. Why? Because I received incorruptible love, and it's turned, and it's changed, and it's aligned mindsets that I might used to have had that was robbing me of something. So she bolds on in. And she's pouring out her affection. She's got something to bring, hasn't she? She comes, can you hear what I'm saying? She comes with something to bring. Do you? Or do you come empty? She's ready. The Bible says, are you ready? Are you ready? Or are you still, what? What do you mean, ready? He's coming. I have grave fears for the church. Not this church, but other people. I listen. Are we ready? Do we have the life of Christ within us? Do we have this incorruptible love that is able to stand when the pressure comes? Is it living like this woman? See, this is our, this is our reference right now. This is, this is the evidence. This is what it looks like. God gives us his word to show us what it looks like. So we can't create our own measure. He says, if you measure yourself by your own measure, you are unwise. And it says you will always measure down because it will always be about, well, compared to Kirk, I'm doing okay. But compared to God, ooh, and it's cool because he loves us. And there's no condemnation in any of that. He's our father going, I need to show you, because if, Greg, if you can't recognize your true state, how will you ever acknowledge it, and how will you ever turn from it and receive what I have? If you can't recognize it, son, you're never going to turn because you think you're doing fine. And the standard for me is this, and you see this in multiple different occasions throughout the Word. So with that, we've got to walk together, don't we? We have to do it God's way. God says, I've given you gifts They must be in order. You must align yourselves under those gifts. There is a pattern from heaven. It can't just be you and me. Because that is not the design, but it's a way a lot of the church lives. So here's this woman, goes to 39. Now listen, here's the religious spirit. So that's the relational spirit. Here's the religious spirit. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Who did Jesus come for? People like me. People like you. 
And this guy's so religious, he's so self-righteous, which is a stench. He's so hypocritical, but he was the one that was supposed to know because he had the ways of the law, misses the entire point and misses the entire person and is still left outside of the reality that she's in. Yet he's the one that's pointing the finger. He's the one condoning her and Christ. This is what a religious spirit does. It's called a pharisaical spirit. It's a blind spirit. And do you know where it is? In us. We don't think it is because we say, I've got Jesus. Yes, but you are also have flesh. That's all it is. It's flesh and spirit. Flesh and spirit. What is he coming to change? Our mindset, our will, our emotions, our flesh. You overcome how? By faith. 1 John 5, 4. They overcome the world, their flesh, their mind, will, and emotions. By what? Faith. What's faith? The ability to see. He's got no sight, so he can't see, so he's living in accordance to his sight. Dangerous, isn't it? When we live in accordance to what we see, thinking, he thinks he's righteous here. He thinks he's actually doing the right thing. He thinks he's more than worthy of saying what he's saying. Because according to the law, he is. But we don't live under that. We live under love. An incorruptible love that a woman has received. And so she's living different. And then Jesus, I love this. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. You can hear this religious spirit coming. Oh, 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 he's talking to me, my shoes. I'm just going to take my shoes off. He says, say it, teacher. He's so excited to get what he's going to get after just condoning Jesus and the woman. What's in it for me? Jesus said, what are you going to give me? Come on, come on. Jesus must have smiled. Say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they, two people, who's he referencing they to? Him and her. So he's, he says these beautiful illustrations and hopes you hear it, who he's talking to. So often we don't hear he's talking to us, it's the guy next to us or it's those other people over there. But he's constantly talking to us. When they were, un, sorry, uh, a mainland did two debtors owed 500 denarii. When they were unable to repay, that's us, isn't it? Unable to repay, being a sinner, he graciously forgave them both. Are you listening, Simon? Are you listening, religious spirit? So which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Isn't it funny how the religious spirit knows how to answer correctly, but doesn't live correctly? The religious spirit knows how to give all the the answers to the questions because they've studied the law. They've studied the principle. They just don't know the person. And it's the person that makes all the difference. 
There's no life in a principle unless the person enlightens, brings to light the principle. That's why we go after the person, not principle-led. We go after the revelation, not the proclamation of the principle. You go after the revelation of the person, you have the life of the principle. But the church, for too long, has taught proclaim, 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 until you get the life. Is it wrong? No. Is it fully of him? What's his way? Revelation. Go after revelation, life of the word, now you speak a living word. It's like this, logos, rima. It's still truth, but it needs the light of Christ shone on it for it to have an impact in your life and bring to light incorruptible love. Incorruptible love is a substance. It's called Jesus Christ. It's God. Receive God. So you can know how to answer all the questions and know nothing. It's called the religious spirit. You can know how to answer all the questions and know the person. Because the person has brought to light the answers. And like the woman, you can live it out. He goes on. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? See, he's pointing to the demonstration. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Wisdom is vindicated by her children. So those who have faith who can see and are coming into greater sight, can live out what's required, what's expected. It's beautiful, and it's just the truth. Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But since the time I came in, has, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. Whose house is it? So Simon's the host, and the host is empty-handed. And the guest is the one that brings all the stuff into the house of the host. Who's the house? Do we come empty-handed, or do we come full of something? She, she comes full to give an all heart of worship. He's empty. He's judging that response and Christ and has not even given Christ water because his view is all back to front. You talk about faith and why we must live from faith. And Paul said, I no longer live, but the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith. Why is vision so important for you and I? Not something that we do, but something we can see and then align our lives to it. Because there is an incorruptible love called God, Jesus Christ, who wants us to receive that love constantly, be perfected in that love, 1 John 2 verse 5, so we can walk out the manner in which this woman, who is a sinner, is walking. You see, because we're all sinners, we're all qualified. <laughs> Isn't that cool? The qualification is to be a sinner. 
Put your hand up if you're a sinner. Put your hand up if you qualify for this faith. Yeah! (laughs) See how easy God makes it. We don't even have to save ourselves. We don't have to get our act together. We don't have to somehow try and be perfect. He says, here it is, have it, Anne. But we must receive it, not resist it. And for too many, we resist God. We resist out of self-righteousness, thinking we're not. The challenge, guys, is God has absolute truths. He writes of absolute realities. This woman is in one. It's recorded for us so we could know it exists. You know, in the other scriptures, I'm not sure if it's this, this, this woman or the other woman, where it says when she pours out the, the perfume, this will be written about her, and so it will be proclaimed in the years to come. It's an example. It's written. It is written down so you and I can see what's possible in Him. But if we just think, oh, that's a nice story in a book, and then leave it, it's like, no, 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 no. Do you want that reality? incorruptible love. It's untainted. It's pure in you. In you. Do you think if that's in us, being perfected in us to a measure, anything else can get in? There ain't no room at the house. (laughs) No vacancy here. Why? Because it's full of love. Nothing can get in. Why? Because it hits the armor of God. Love. Who's love? Christ. Christ in me is the hope of glory. So if Christ is in me being perfected, I have my armor on. I don't get up and put it on. It's in me every day. Now, if that's being formed, you have to then put him on. I get that. But see, it's put it on a second. You put it on to have it formed in you. Once it's formed in you, you don't put it on anymore. The armor is constantly on because the armor is Christ in. What's the shield? Shield of? Where do I get faith from? Jesus. Where do I get love from? Jesus. Where do I get hope from? Jesus. Helmet of? Helmet. What's it guarding? If I have the mind of Christ, my helmet's on. Can you see what I'm trying to say? It's just this reality that we haven't really been taught. And it's a reality outside of probably a lot of our realities. So we look at it and go, what? And yet it's possible because all things are possible in God. So together, together, we have to honor Him, what He gives us, and then surrender to it. If we fight it, I'll guarantee you, you will never, ever enter this life. The way to God is surrender. We don't like that, Keith, do we? Keith Harrison and I were English. We never surrender to anybody. <laughs> we, we won the Second World War. <laughs> that's, that's in our blood. Our ancestry is we fight, man. We'll never, ever give up. <laughs> that's the flesh, though, isn't it? And that's a powerful thing. How does, it get, how does the flesh die? It's not through trying to kill it. It's through receiving corruptible love. 
This woman has received something that has realigned it. It goes on, for this reason I say to you, verse 47, her sins which are many have been forgiven, for she loved much. She has an understanding of what she's been forgiven from. And it has nothing to do with her lifestyle, although that has helped. I said before, your iniquity is like filthy rags. That's what it is. And you're like that the day you're born. It's got nothing to do with what you do, who you think you are. That's actually what separates you. And she knows this. And sometimes it's that that causes us to live lives, our behavior of things that really are destroying us because we don't know a reality. But we can live a good Christian life, but still we're still filthy rags. And sometimes it can be harder as a good Christian who's been grown up in a good Christian home to actually get this revelation because you really don't know what you're saved from. And you need to. She captures it, but she also has love. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Can you see? Those who are forgiven little love little. Let me say that again. Those who don't know how much they're forgiven, they love little. So large love is she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. That's large love. No love is, ooh, this woman, ooh, Jesus. Self-righteousness is no love. Where are you on that scale? He wants us all because we have been created to know the Creator. And He died that you and I would receive incorruptible love. It's what saved her. See, faith, hope, and love. Love brings you into a realm, and now you're able to see things as well. And so your actions and your behavior all aligns to incorruptible love and sight. It's no longer trying to be like this. You can't try to be this. You will fail. You might try it once. You will go away and go, right now, got to get an Alice Buster vial. Got to pour it with some, um, I don't know, some real uh, expensive, you know, what's the expensive perfume, ladies? Anne doesn't know. Come on, ladies, help me out. Someone must know. Chanel, there's one for you. I don't know. Thank you. Got to do that. Then I've got to find Jesus. Where's Jesus? Okay, got to find Jesus. Got to do all these things. And you'll do it once and nothing. You see, it's something we have to receive. And it's a constant receiving through a posture of surrender and humility and weakness. Weakness. Those who have rested from their works enter into the rest of God. And that's an active position of stop trying to do it. That's beautiful. It's beautiful when the transition happens. Come to me and I will give you rest. But see, you miss the point of the miracle. You're still worshiping me over the miracle and not the one of the miracle. You're still resisting coming to me. So I come to you. And when I come to you, you still resist me because you don't know who I am and you don't see it for what it is. It's me trying to do a work. But because fear is present, 
we deny, deflect, justify, attack, walk away. And we miss the opportunity of growth and life that Jesus comes to bring because we don't see it as him. Jesus loves Simon the Pharisee. Jesus loved the rich young ruler. Jesus loved the men that crucified him on the cross. Jesus had, he was, he is the incorruptible love. He loves every person on planet earth that has been, that is, that will be, and he wants every person to receive incorruptible love. But just like the lost who reject Christ, we can too. And so he says, receive, allow me. Joe, can you just come, can, can you share, would you share what you sent me? Is that all right? Do you want to come? I've got it on my phone and we'll, have you got it or do you, you got it there? I'll just let Joe explain this. Hi everybody. Uh, let me just find this for you. Um, let me start. Um, this is, I'm just going to read it to you actually. It's a picture of what Greg's been talking about, about what it is when the Lord shows us there's stuff in our lives that needs to be reordered um, and what it feels like when he's doing that. And the, um, the encouragement in it is that it is him and if you can see what he's doing, there's rest in it. So here we go. I'm in a white room with Christ. Apart from me, the only thing in the room is a bed covered in white. Interesting, the only furniture speaks to rest. I've come here willingly because I've seen that I'm addicted to things of this world. They're not what religion would say are bad, but they're not of eternal value. I've seen that they can no longer sustain me. I can no longer feed off them. I can leave here at any time. As the withdrawal begins, waves come and go. Waves of restlessness where I try and negotiate a more gradual process. But Christ says that won't work. It will produce temporary fruit, but the addiction will take root again because the root won't have been expelled. I want to leave, but when I look into the eyes of purest love to ask, I can't. Instead, I melt into his arms where he's seated on the floor in the corner and he strokes my head and comforts me while the poison's expelled. Remember, this gentle hand that comforts me belongs to the line of the tribe of Judah. The one who one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess his Lord. It is his very presence that is causing the poison to leave. The waves of restlessness become less intense and frequent. And eventually I fall asleep in his arms while the poison clears my system completely. We entered the room together, but we leave together differently. We're joined now, side by side. Let it be according to your word, Lord. And that was a dream Joe got just in the last day or two. So with that, I'm going to ask you to respond to that. And um, I just ask you to stand if you want to pray like we did two weeks ago, just a prayer of maybe forgiveness for things that you have in your heart. Other lovers, stuff that is keeping you 
from this type of love. It's like you've given your heart to someone or something. So when you read that, you go, that's the love I have for that thing. You know, I'll get up early. I used to get up early to watch football. I'd get up at three in the morning, drive from the terrace to Stokes Valley on a Monday morning, watch the game, drive back, have a shower, go to at Petonia at 7.30. Because I loved Liverpool Football Club and I loved football. And I still love it. But I don't love it more. It says those that love these things more than are not worthy. It's okay to love a wife, a child, a sport, a passion, but just not more than. And the more than is quite powerful. It's not just a little. It's a large gap between those two things. And so I'm going to invite you to stand. If this is you, if you know you want to repent today, for this reason I say to you, his sins, which are many, have been forgiven. Do you need to get right? Do you need to acknowledge things? I would also ask you to start praying now because more often than not, you might even not even know. That's the kicker. We think, oh, I don't have anything. Think about where you spend most of your time, where you spend most of your money. You might find it's you. You actually have to repent of the true God in your life, which is you, the little G, not the big G. And then we'll pray. You pray, and then we'll pray that this incorruptible love will enter at a greater measure. The Spirit of God will release what's in you more. Is that cool? So without any music, we're just going to do it like this. I'm not even going to ask you to close your eyes. It's family. It's not a performance. It's not a fear of one another. It might be the fear of the Lord, which is great, but not the fear of one another. I've shared this before. I don't care what you think in the sense of whether I look like an idiot in my worship or my messages because I love them too much to worry about that stuff. And so it's in this. It's as you get and feel that this feels really horrible, that's where he comes. Why? Because he sees the heart. He goes, there's a vulnerable son. There's a vulnerable daughter. There's someone getting out of the boat into a place they don't know, and I'm coming to meet them. So let's stand if that's you. Just between you and him, just if there are things that you need to pray for first and just ask, do that. If there are things that you know, just do it now. Just between you and him, just ask him to forgive you from your heart. doesn't have to be long. just has to be from the heart and mean it.
Thank you, Father. Thank you that you receive us as we are. And thank you that it's at the confession of our heart. You've already forgiven us. You just wait for us to acknowledge it, Lord. That's what love does. Before we ever were, you forgave us. And you died for us. So we just receive that now, Lord, through the confession of repentance. Of the things that have our hearts, the people, the careers, the sport, the passions, the children, the wives, the husbands, the things, ourselves. Father, you tell us that in the last times people will be lovers of self. May that not be us, Lord. May we have transition from a lover of self to a lover of God. So today, Lord, today is the day of salvation, he would say to you today. Today is the day I hear, receive, and believe, and accept. Thank you, Lord. We stand before you saved. We stand before you clean. But Lord, we ask for more. We ask to receive a greater revelation of love in us. We thank you that you are in us. You have made yourself known and you are making yourself known. Father, we want to be defined by love, period. Perfected in love. Father, we want to be able to say like Paul, may the love of God control us. May it direct every thought, every action. Every movement, may it be you. So, Spirit of God, we ask with a pure motive of heart. And you tell us to ask, seek, and knock. And that as a good Father, you give us the Spirit of God. And so I ask you to release more of the love, more of the water that is in us already. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, lead us into all truth. We ask this, we seek this, we knock this. Thank you, Father, right now, in Jesus' name. As we leave, in Jesus' name. Tomorrow, as we wake up, in Jesus' name. On Friday, as we wake up, as we sleep, in Jesus' name. Bring us through your power, through our posture of surrender, more and more into this all worship, this abandoned worship where we bring all. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.